Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox, and today with Tam Vayu joining me. So it's time to grab your cup of coffee, sit back and relax, and let us chat with you about February. Yeah. February, the first month of this year that will be all goes, right? All, yeah. all, all systems ahead. go. All yeah. systems go. All, all, en all engines firing. Is that how they say that? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, ready to go, ready to be. Uh. I'm sure I said that wrong, and I pretty much butcher every saying there is. My husband really gets a kick out of it. Yeah, I, I do periodically get things all, you know, Twitter-pated, and uh, I'm looking for comments. There we go. So, yeah, so sometimes I'm, you know, going to say things backwards. That's That happens when you have Mercury retrograde in your birth chart, by the way. Oh, oh. Yeah. I, mine isn't, but I hear you on that. Ouch. Yes. Like my mind gets ahead of my mouth. Oh, yes. I have yeah. felt that very much so. Yeah. Or my mind goes in this direction and I still am not finished saying what I was going to say. <laughs> Which makes it hard That's for rough. some people to track. <laughs> what, what What did you say, Janet? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so this morning, Tam and I are together to talk about the month of February. And, you know, Tam, overall, I thought February, I did bring my energy almanac to the party this morning. Awesome. First time I've done that, remembered to do it before I started. Um, to me, February is um, like we, we get the go sign. We just said, you know, talked about that. We get the all, you know, speed ahead, full speed ahead. Yep. But it's not full speed exactly yet, right? The planets that were retrograde that were stopping us from actually pushing, you know, forward are still kind of dawdling around. Right. Right. <laughs> Even Mars. Lollygagging. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the truth of the matter is that we really don't get up to the full speed until later this month or even into March. And I don't know, in a way, you know, that that makes sense to me, right, to be able to start slowly because planets yeah. that have been in retrograde have been very much faced inward. Yep. So I, I hear you on that, but I'm going to tell you at what I'm seeing around me, and that's all I can relate it to, is I'm I'm already feeling the momentum, and I can see that other people are beginning to feel the momentum already. I am telling my coaching clients, though, much like what you said, it's it still will take some time. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to still be working on planning and thinking into the future. You don't have to have. It's not all engines firing, but something like that. <laughs> yeah, but even a ship, when they put it full speed ahead or, you know, whatever, they, they tell the ship to start moving, you know, the inertia of having been at a slower speed, it takes right. time to build up. And I think that's kind of where we've been. Yep. And quite literally, it doesn't start until tomorrow, yeah. right? Tomorrow, we actually, in, in terms of the human design system, uh, the human design new year was on the 22nd, mm -hmm. but we have a two week period of time with that we call sort of the dream time. And I noticed that you have dreaming of transformation, right? Right, right, right. So the first couple of weeks of the human design year are really about dreaming. Yeah. Dreaming of transformation, the key words for the month. Yeah. And that dreaming of transformation or dreaming in, in such a way uh, starts to, to wane at this point. And tomorrow we really begin the story of a new narrative. Mm. And that really then opens that pathway up for us to take new action, especially mm -hmm. if you've been doing what I've been telling people to do since December, which is to really use the time to get some clarity around what you want right. or to, you know, start dreaming about what are my next steps and who would I like to be? What would I like to do? That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, dreaming into a new narrative, what good language and me as well. I'm, I'm saying the same thing to my clients and customers. Like this is a great time to be leaning into the vision. And I think looking at February with so much Piscean energy, I think it's going to be kind of natural to us that we're in that, um, dreamland, if you will. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what? We might as well just dive into Pisces and live there with Saturn getting ready to move there next month. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I'm so excited about it, though. I really, really am. And maybe that's not a good thing because it's it, it'll be interesting. I guess next month's conversation will really. Yeah, whoop. we'll we'll dive into that. But I mean, the thing is now, you know, we need to be aware because I think it is uh, in the full is it the full moon this month? We actually have Venus in Pisces squaring 
Mars in Gemini. So uh, we're, we're going to take the new, are you talking about the new moon in Pisces at one degree? No, I'm talking about the full moon. Uh, oh, the not full the moon in Leo. Okay. Yeah. The full moon's in Leo, but yep. the planet Venus will be in Pisces and she will be oh, squaring yes. Mars. That's right. And that actually is on the fourth, which is the day before the full moon. Um, but I don't think it matters because she doesn't get a chance. She's like 15 hours before the new moon or full yep. moon. Yep. And that means that she's not moving very far before, you know, that full moon happens. So uh, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that because that's fairly early in this month. Yeah, it's on. The, you said the fourth. I have it on the fifth, but the, the full moon's on the fifth. But the the Venus squaring Mars oh, is the Venus on the fourth. Mars. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. Let's. You can jump 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 into that whenever you're ready. Uh, let's go. Yeah, because literally I have nothing for today, tomorrow, or Friday. Well, Friday we have the Sun in a square to Uranus, and I always I like that. Uranus, you know, sometimes is scary. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because yeah. you don't know what to expect, like expect right. the unexpected. Mm -hmm. But when he comes into the square with the sun, it can often drive inspiration behind, in this case, the dream of where we want to take the year. Mm -hmm. You know, where do we want to take our our efforts as we mm -hmm. um, start to move into further into 2023? So I like that. That'll be on Friday. It has a red letter day on my calendar, which basically says, OK, watch out. Yeah. And, ah, and warning warning, right? But we kind of do anyway when there's Uranus because we just don't yeah. always know. Mm -hmm. And I think what it does, Uranus triggers one of two things, either the contrarian, which is where we begin to rebel against change, or we, mm -hmm. you know, want to do things, not what everybody wants us to do or not what we are being shown to do. We just kind of resist. And on the other hand, it opens up an awakening for us to zoom forward. So right. I guess it could be red if you're in resistance and I guess it could be green if you're like, oh yeah, let's just go. Let's right. just do. Uh, but then Saturday comes the Venus square Mars. Right. And I, I'm always of two minds with this one. First of all, it can be a trigger to issues within relationships. There's mm -hmm. always that possibility. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it could be very creative. Mm -hmm. And using that emotional energy that may come up as a, in a creative way. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts around that one? Well, I think, what did we name it in the almanac? It's mo moving past drama. Considering that the moon itself is in Leo. Like, I think this, for me, it would be like a red, a red letter day. <laughs> because, because honestly, like, for people who are unaware of astrology and the impact it can have on you, like knowing that Saturday could be a little bit high drama, it's, I think that's really good to know. The the expression that could happen under this moon is uh, fairly big, fairly big, uh, right? Yeah. And I'm going to be away this weekend with on a family event. Uh -oh. uh, it could be interesting. Could be interesting. Could Actually, be it could be really good too, right? I, I don't mean to. It's just things you have to kind of watch out for because there are easily triggers to this. And right. this is going to, you know, be Saturday and into Sunday and yeah. literally could, could eat up the time between the two weeks of uh, the full moon to the new moon. Oh boy. Right. It's going to last that long, huh? Well, the potential for it to things that happen, you know, with that square with the moon. Yeah. Yeah, and with the moon uh, could last into the new moon. So expect relationship drama, I guess, or yeah. here, here's how it, it could be a clearing of the air, right? Could perhaps, be. perhaps what it does is, you know, just bring up something and then you get it off your chest and then it's over and done with. Um, but you can also try detaching from the drama, right? We always get triggered. There's always triggers. Somebody might say something or they do something and mm -hmm. it triggers us. Mm -hmm. But if we choose to detach from the trigger and just hold space for a while, a minute even, breathe a few times mm -hmm. before you respond, mm -hmm. it can stop the reactionary part of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have frustration, you, you a lot of the frustration or restlessness that could be happening along with this could have its source completely somewhere else in your life. Mm -hmm. And yet it gets channeled outward toward right. your significant other. And that's, that's no bueno, no good, no good. <laughs> no bueno for sure. And I believe like when I was reading ahead in the, um, 
predictions from the almanac and the gift and shadow that you so eloquently wrote. And you talked a lot about um, rea releasing reactionary behavior. It, like I underlined that. So that's really, really good information. If you're taking notes while you watch this, like, <laughs> <laughs> write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't react. I am it's taking fun. notes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I do have a pen though. And a Kleenex. <laughs> Two important things. <laughs> Only because that was the closest thing I had when I spilled my coffee on my oh, calendar this yeah, morning. Yeah. Oh, oh Lordy. Um, let's say a quick hello to, morning, to people who are checking in with us this morning. Treat yourself, whose name I believe is Julie. Good morning. I've been gone a while. Firstly, my condolences to your loss and wanted to get, in, get a read. I'm glad it's been going. I, I don't know what she means there, but. Thank you very much, Julie. It's good to have you with us this morning. I hope all is well in your world. Irene Alberg from Sweden. I love when she joins us. I feel a kind of spaces in between feeling energy has changed, but there is still not a momentum. Exactly. I think she's ah, right. Uh, nice. Yeah. And then Julie goes on to say slow. I meant to say slow or stretching as last week. Mm. Yeah. Stretching the time and, uh, that's, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day, Tam, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe all of you can weigh in on this. I, I almost felt like I, I'm living in some different timeline all of a sudden. Have you had oh. that feeling? Well, um, no, I, I honestly can't say that I have, but that's really fascinating. I'd love to hear more. Who else is feeling like that? Yeah. It's like, um, did you jump timelines? I had the thought this morning so here, it started, you know, a, a couple of weeks, maybe around the first of the year. But this morning I was in, you know, my, I have three parts to my bathroom and the part that I was in was the, the sink where the, you know, vanity is and all of that. And I looked over and there was a towel hanging, you know, my hand towel that I would dry my hands on. And I could swear there wasn't a towel there. Like I could swear I'd been in my bathroom like this morning and there was no towel there. So how in the heck did the towel get there? It was so weird. And I've had experiences like that off and on for the last couple of weeks. Okay. So now I hear you and I can say, yes, I'm having those too. Ah. I am like I had it yesterday. First thing I do in the morning after I pour my coffee is double check my schedule. Who are my clients for the day? Yeah. So I go, I go through and I send them a Zoom link. This is the link for our meeting. And I do that all the way through. So it was the end of my day. I checked my calendar before so that I could like put it in my mind. What's tomorrow going to look like? And I go, oh my God, when did that appointment? I completely, <laughs> completely, there was a, a, an appointment on my calendar that was not there in the morning, but was there in the afternoon. He, the, the client themselves never saw the appointment either. It's like, so weird. It, it was so weird. I really felt like somebody came in and scribbled it on my book. Uh-huh. It was weird. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And like yesterday, say another issue, somebody, uh, I had a client that was scheduled for this morning and she said, you know, she was getting the reminder, you know, my automatic calendar reminder. And she goes, you did get my email to tell you that I couldn't be there this morning. Right. And I went, no, I didn't get your email. And then as I was looking at it, I went, of course I got that email. Did I get that email? I mean, I'm going round <laughs> and round in my head because I'm thinking that, yeah, of course, this sounds so familiar. Why does this yeah. sound so familiar? And it just, it's like these things are going on and I it, don't know what the weird. heck. I wonder yeah. if it's like part of the ascension and like we're going between dimensions. I don't know. I don't know either, but I've also had that sense when I wake up in the morning, I'm waking up from some other timeline. Yep. Yep. And and then I have to reorient myself to this timeline. If yes, that definitely has been happening to me too, for sure. Oh, like, Asa, I, I, she's saying it's happening to her too. Okay. So yeah, this is like a cosmic thing that's affecting a lot of us for sure. I told my husband, I feel trapped between two worlds when I go right. to sleep. Like I don't, I can't, I wake up and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and like, I didn't sleep because I was so busy on the other side. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing. And I just wonder, you know, if there, you know, a lot of times I hear, you know, from sites, you know, I, I, 
besides astrology sites, there's a lot of different spiritual sites out there that I kind of, you know, watch what's going on. What are they saying? And a lot of people have been saying things like, you know, the timeline is splitting. Ah. And I'm like, the timeline is splitting. You guys are crazy, right? How does the timeline split? How does there become two reality, two different realities, right? And then I went, well, of course it's possible. Everything's possible. We're the creators. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Asa says, yes, my legs are tired when I wake up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, let's go on with February. So the full moon also has um, a square to Uranus, right? That sun square Uranus is on Friday. But even in the full moon, Uranus is only a degree away. Um, I think that's almost exciting. Oh, well, I am not afraid of Uranus at all. And I'm not afraid of um, change. So, yeah, uh, me neither. But some people are. <laughs> oh, some, pe- some people really, really are. Uh-huh. I think it's I think it's exciting. I think it is. I still think like warning, 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 Will Robinson for, you know, for those who are at a precarious place, it's, it's probably best to just be aware and really use those skills of responding not reacting under this moon that's coming up. I really think it's important. Yeah. And I actually have some people that I am going to specifically write a note, like just letting you know, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, Kamal, poor baby. He says, this week I lost my phone. I feel like I lost my life, right? Ooh. Our devices are so much a part of who we are. They are now, yeah. Yeah, right. I would be lost. I was lost. I bought a new phone last week. Uh-oh. And uh, it was an upgrade to my iPhone that I had already. And I was like, lost. I was like, where did it's working differently? How come? What the heck? And then I gave my phone to my husband, my, instead of, you know, turning it in, I gave it to him and they did a factory reset, you know, all the good stuff that they do in order for him to do that. And his, his phone now looks completely different than it did when I had it. And I'm like, well, why didn't it look like that when I had it? Because it looks so much better. I would have yep. kept it if it was that way. <laughs> anyway, so technology just kind of weird right now. But typical when we are looking at this Aquarius energy, that yes. Saturn is finishing up. Uh, first, we had Jupiter go through there. And then now we've had Saturn for two years in here, two and a half years, really. And, uh, you know, we're about to get the gift of what Saturn, Jupiter, and then what Pluto will be working on with right? us over the next 20 years. I know. So it's pretty fascinating where we're sitting. And, you know, yeah. why not have a timeline shift right here? Uh, now's the time. <laughs> right? If yeah, ever. Saturn Saturn, and timing. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturn definitely rules time, mm-hmm. both in Capricorn and in Aquarius. Sure. So that is interesting in and of itself. Um the next big thing I see on the horizon uh, is Mercury's move into Aquarius. Um, you might have something else. If you have something else in between, tell me. Hold. Um, well, I just was looking at the 10th. I was looking at the 10th when uh, Mercury oh. Capricorn conjuncts Pluto and Capricorn. I thought that might be an interesting day to just kind of see what gets triggered then, right? Yes, thank you. Mercury conjunct Capricorn or conjunct Pluto and Capricorn, which is on top of my Saturn right now. Uh, Let's just have a new, maybe it's a new message, a new uh, message. Sure, okay. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, Mercury conjuncting Pluto? Well, I think maybe communicating changes about big business. Maybe it's a government some messaging we're going to hear i don't know but like it's it's a message coming to us about something changing that's how i mean that's the basics of how i see it yeah pluto uh, or i mean certainly mercury is bringing messages mm-hmm. he's he is the depositor of messages and you know he's not he's recently had the conjunction to the sun so he's now depositing you know new messages maybe like taking marching orders from the sun to all the other planets that he connects with so in this case pluto what's the next transformation mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's the next big thing well now okay that's interesting point of view because i would have said it's going to message something relative to capricorn in the mundane world 
Yes, and your, yeah. your, sorry. I, yeah, it definitely has a okay. mundane message as well, but Mercury is a personal planet, right? So personal planets affect us personally. Mm -hmm. What part are you going to play in that? In the transformation. Okay. Yeah. How might it affect you personally or your, your ways of thinking? And mm. it's always, it's always interesting when uh, the inner planets hit, hit Pluto because Pluto holds such a power right a power for change for transformation for dragging us through the underworld in order to see you know what's underneath you know uh it's like you know as i as a this is me as a woman so like getting on the ground to look underneath my car always just sort of gives me the shivers <laughs> like, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> what's underneath there i don't know if i want to see that uh anyway so it's that um messaging that says okay let's let's lift up the the car and look underneath and see what is there mm -hmm. uh and what what might you need to change right what, what what and it is the ending of that message because the very next day mercury moves into aquarius right exactly on the i have it on the 12th yeah well it i have it on the 11th but it's probably a time zone thing yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it moves, uh, let's see, Mercury moves into Aquarius at, well, no, 3 a.m. on the 11th. 3 so on the 6 a.m. your turn, your time. I, I have to tell you that I use an ephemeris, the American ephemeris, and we're almost always a day different. And I, they must use like Green Mountain time or something. I think they use UTC probably, um, UTC. universal. So Greenwich, what used to be called Greenwich, Greenwich mean time. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so I, I noticed off. that it happens with my, um, this ephemeris to the human design one. Okay. So everything is listed. It doesn't necessarily have, it does have a time, especially for the moon, but it's in universal time. So mm -hmm. that means for me, I have to subtract eight hours, I think. And for you probably you have to subtract four hours or oh. add, is it add four hours? I Gets so confusing. I'm, I'm still trying to manage central time and Eastern time. <laughs> we just know it's going to happen around that day Yeah, uh, that we have yeah. Mercury moving on into Aquarius and, you know, he's going to come into a conjunction with Saturn before Saturn actually moves out of Aquarius. Mm. So what messaging is he giving to Saturn before Saturn moves on into Pisces? Ooh. You know, interest, these things go through my head, right? But yeah. then I'll probably dream about what are Mercury's messages. <clears throat> so. um, I, I love the idea of Mercury in Aquarius. I think this is going to be a really creative time period, right? Oh, definitely. A constant expression of, of ideas. This is going to be almost as bad as Mars in, uh, Mars in Pisces for me. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think this is going to be a really interesting time period. I really like, like the brain. I can imagine how fast the thoughts are going to come in. Yeah, that is very true. The thoughts will come fast and furious. Um, but that is kind of, I think, what we need at this point in time, because anytime an outer planet and, you know, we have, two, you know, outer planets that are changing signs almost in tandem, right? Yes. Saturn and, Mer and Mercury, Saturn and uh, Pluto, Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> changing signs. Now this is more about next month, mm -hmm. but how it pertains to this month is what's closing down for you mm -hmm. in a cycle that you've been in with Saturn for two and a half years and with Pluto for the last 10, 12 years, right? Yeah. Since 2008. Yeah. And luckily with Pluto, we don't have an abrupt uh, right. change, right? He kind right. of goes back and forth across that axis. Um, but with Saturn, he's moving right on into Pisces. So it's time to clean up everything that is, has been going on Saturn related things. So duty, responsibility, mm -hmm. diligence, right. goal setting, um, dreaming of, you know, it, rather than just being dreamy, what are you doing? What you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So cleaning up all of that before he actually moves on in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like I said to people in our astrology of 2023, um, uh, class, that Saturn always leaves a gift when mm -hmm. he moves from one sign to the other. Mm -hmm. So because he moves March 7th, it's time now to start really looking at what are the gifts that I'm being left as he, you know, finishes that transit through the sign of Aquarius mm -hmm. and all the planets now that are going to head through because, you know, Venus at that time is in Aquarius already. 
and Mercury going into Aquarius. The sun mm. is in Aquarius. So a lot of light shining on Aquarius, mm. which is literally the age we're moving in. Maybe we're getting clarity, Tam, about our roles in Ooh. that new age. Ooh, I'll take that. I, I'll take that. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh. That clicks with something you told me at my, my native, my solar, solar return? return. I'll have to, I'll go back to that in my head later. Good. Yep. So everybody can be thinking about that as we go in to, you know, other planets now moving into Aquarius, faster planets. Mm. So the ahas might come fairly quickly where before they might've been a little more obtuse, kind of hard right. to see, but right. now they might come quicker. Uh, what's next on your list? On my list next is um, the 15th when yes. Venus, Venus and Pisces conjuncts Neptune and Pisces, right? Yeah. I, I think that just feels like one of those green days. I, and check your book. Is it green? It just feels... No, it's not. It's red. Why? Why would it be red? What did I miss? I think it's probably more like the moon is squaring Neptune at that same time. And the moon is squaring Venus. And so the squares yeah. tend to, you know. And, and typically a conjunction in astrology is not a very, it's not considered a benefic aspect. Yeah, but but I mean, yeah, so there's blind spots we got to watch for. Yeah. But Venus and Pisces, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that maybe maybe amplified dreams, right? Maybe bigger. I believe she's exalted in Pisces. Yeah. So she's in a very good place. Right. And I always think of Venus and Neptune, you know, Venus being the lower octave of Neptune or Neptune being the higher octave. They both are love principles. Exactly. I don't see how it can be a bad day. Yes, squaring the moon. Maybe it's a highly emotional day, you know, oh, but yes. But I just I to me it's a day that I'm looking for to to see exactly like what inspiration lands that that day. And even kind of the day before and a couple of days sure. afterward, yeah. you know, what's on un being unveiled? How are you, you know, maybe it's about self-love for some people. Oh, right. right. You know, how, where is Pisces in your chart? That's going to be a big thing, mm -hmm. you know, discover where that is because the house and the, the thing that that always relates to the area of your life that is being affected by the transit or by the conjunction. Mm -hmm. So what is you know, what is up with that? If it's in your second house, for example, maybe it has something to do with self-worth or self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Maybe it has to do with values and maybe walking, learning to walk your talk instead of mm -hmm. let your talk, let your walk, whatever. Talking, walking your talk. Holy sh, you know what? <laughs> uh, say it, say it. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think it doesn't deserve necessarily to be the red day, except that the moon is going to be in that space between Sagittarius and Capricorn, you know, eventually mm -hmm. moving on into Capricorn, which can often, you know, dampen down the emotional connection or, oh, yeah, I think it's about emotion. You're right. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go with that. Uh, and again, you know, a pre is it a precursor? Venus conjunct Neptune in Pisces. And, Pisces. and who's moving to Pisces? Yeah. Right? yeah that's, that's what I say. Like, there's so much Piscean energy this month, I think. Do you know what else Venus conjunct Neptune reminds me of? Is um, the work called um, A Course in Miracles. Are you familiar with that? Oh, absolutely. Changed my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that it, it, it was a turning point in my life as well when that work came along and yep. just kind of whew, expanded my love quotient way out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it comes from such a place. It come, It's very much about the mind. Mm -hmm. But instead of the mind being at the, you know, behest of the emotions, it's about using both their in their right and proper places. And in the Course in Miracles, one of the first thing it says is that only love is real. Mm -hmm. Right? Nothing else is real. We right. all think it's real, right? The, the any problem that we have, we all feel it's real. But what's really real is just is love, right? And that's what Venus conjunct Neptune reminds me of: is mm -hmm. only love is real. So even if you're in the midst of fighting with somebody, you're not really fighting with that person. You're really fighting against something in your own self, right? Oh, very much so. The mirror, 
right? Yeah, yeah. Mirror. So I think it's a profound day. I think it might cause some trouble for some people, but I'm really kind of more of the, the, the mind that first of all, being in Pisces, this is taking us to extraordinary spiritual realms or right. possibilities. Right. But I can see that Pisces's Pisceans uh, lower energy can drag them into victimhood. Absolutely. Yes. So, hmm. Hmm. So maybe there's maybe there's the the red the warning. Who knows? Yeah. Lots so Irene has Pisces. I think it's Pisces. We were talking about maybe it was Aquarius in her seventh house. Okay. So that house is all about relationships and mm -hmm. business partnerships and and how how you come together in relationships. What you see in the mirror of your relationships. So mm -hmm. whatever it is that you have on your seventh house, and I can't remember now if we were talking Aquarius or Pisces. Um, apply the energy that is about that sign to that part of your life, right? Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So there was some other thought I was, to oh, because the next day, the next day, so the 16th, we have the sun coming into a conjunction with Saturn. Mm -hmm. Sun conjunct Saturn is like turning on the light bulb to something that's been hidden from you. I really kind of look to that day. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I look to that day kind of as the day when maybe the gift of Saturn, what he's leaving you at, before he moves out. Could be starts exposed. To, yeah, gets exposed or starts to dawn on you that, ah. you know, that this is why I had to go through this process or this is why this particular thing happened or why I've been feeling this particular way. Sure. Because the sun shines his, you know, extraordinary light on that part of our life where perhaps we've not been in integrity mm. uh, or right. shows us how to get back into alignment with Saturn integrity. But Saturn also brings us reward. Yeah. Yeah. For, for doing having the done work. the work. For having done the work. Yeah. Yeah. Do the work, get the reward. Sure. Don't do the work and you probably are going to have to redo something. Yep. Right. Yeah. I think it's a good day. Love it. Yeah. Uh, later that week, uh, this is, by the way, we're talking the middle of the month. So we were on the 15th with the Neptune conjunct uh, or Venus conjunct Neptune. Sun conjunct Saturn is on the 16th, at least on my map here. And then uh, we have Mercury the next day in a sextile to Jupiter. And considering that Mercury's the messenger right. and Jupiter's right now planting the seeds, mm. right? Because he's in Aries. Mm -hmm. What's the new beginning going to be? So maybe that in some people is going to be the next, like the timekeeping piece for when we're really going to be able to bust out into new territory. Mm. It makes me wonder if maybe um, Mercury, even in that day, uh, gets beyond his retrograde, right? He gets out of the shadow of the retrograde. Right. right. And, and that always prompts, you know, faster movement. Mm -hmm. um, and then the sun moves into Pisces. Right. One of the best times of the year for creativity, for imagination, for mm -hmm. getting out of yourself, out of your way of, you know, getting out of your fearful self. Mm. It's a soulful time, too. It's, yeah, a soulful Compassionate time. time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, passion and deep waters, right? That deep, Pisces deep waters. Deep yeah. waters or my, deep space. All of my, all of my Piscean friends are criers. The compassion, they're just criers. I'm a crier too. I'm, I'm a Virgo crier, but they're, yeah. All my Piscean friends are so compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there's sometimes so much emotion that we don't show mm. that transits like that through deep water, in this case, Pisces or Scorpio or even cancer mm -hmm. can, can bring up or act as a release to emotion that we've been holding on to that we haven't let go of. Sure. Um, and whether that is unleashing joy, joyful tears, as in, you know, the birth of a baby. Yeah. Uh, or if, is it sad tears where there's loss uh, or a death? Um, either way, it unleashes those emotions that we've held in check. Mm. So water signs, they do that for us. They, they do that. Yeah. The gift of the water. But I also think of this as deep space energy, right? Mm. Deep space. Mm. And you know, what is, you know, where Pisces is Neptune territory. It's also mm -hmm. Jupiter territory. You know, Jupiter was the original um, traditional 
ruler of that sign and I, I before Neptune was ever discovered. Mm -hmm. I, I think Neptune really represents it better, but you know, there is this Jupiterian, I think of Jupiter sometimes as the guru, right? The, the master <laughs> teacher. Uh, uh, I know Saturn is supposed to be the master teacher, but he teaches yeah. in a different way. Jupiter teaches us sometimes by going overboard, mm -hmm. right? And then we go, oh, wait, yeah, I better, you know, yeah. pull that back a little bit. So um, there's a lot to be learned, I think, from Piscean energy. Mm hmm you know, and part of, you know, the whole religious experience for the la for this last age, the age of Pisces, right, has really been focused on our, well, first of all, it was an awakening of sorts that there was a higher power. Yeah. Uh, but we were finding ourselves in a position of, of looking outside of ourselves for that higher power. Yes. And not seeing that we were part of that, that higher power, that mm -hmm. we were representatives of the divine. Mm -hmm. And I think as we move into this next age, we take that beautiful connection energy, but we realize that we've always had it and it's within us. Right. So it's, and it's a big shift. It is. And if you think about Aquarians and that, that can, that deep in, intuitive connection, right. Those inspirations and those, that information that's constantly flowing through, you do become your own sort of, source you you like you're, you're saying uh, we we've had it all along guru. <laughs> yeah you're all, you're all guru really and truly god god is inside of us right yeah uh, in my belief system so that makes sense for the age of aquarius that we we bring that forward yeah absolutely but it's helping it helps to have a completion of sorts with this piscean uh what was that 2000 years of Pisces in in that age and as we're you know moving and transiting over into the age of aquarius you know, it's like any sign when we transit out of it, we take the gifts from the sign mm -hmm. and hopefully then we transmute them into usable energy for the work that we'll do when it's in the next sign. Carry them forward. Yes. Carry them forward. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What next? Uh, what? Well, the moon. The new moon. The new moon. And we have the new moon at one degree Pisces. Great. Initiating uh, new dreams, new visions, right? And yep. we have uh, what? Venus and Saturn right there at the cusp of Pisces too, right? Uh, at that point, let's see, at the new moon, uh, I have, oh, that's Mercury. Uh, we have Venus at 29 degrees of mm -hmm. Pisces, mm -hmm. the sun and moon, of course, at one degrees of Pisces and Saturn at 28 degrees. So we have an out of sign conjunction with the new moon and right. Saturn. Yeah. I looked, I, I even wrote gift deposit, Saturn's gift deposit. Right. <laughs> no, that day, that would be awesome, right? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is a new moon, so... So that so starts be... something new, right? Yeah. And of course, he will occupy that degree in, in the very next month, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't, so we don't have to wait long before Saturn, you know, makes that move. Uh, the new moon is on the 19th for the West Coast, the 20th for you. Yeah, I've got the right? 20th. Yeah. Yeah. It happens at 11 uh, p.m. West Coast time. So mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be the 20th for most of the people that are listening to us this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody in Hawaii, it's going to be, what, three hours earlier than that. So would that be 11 minus eight? So it's going to be like at 8 p.m. or something like that if you're in Hawaii or Alaska. Uh, so some of us have it on the 19th, some of us on the 20th. Either way you look at it, that's the new moon, new energy, new possibilities. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, that we can, I was looking, I'm, I'm looking at the new moon chart and literally the biggest news in that chart is the moon and uh, the sun in the conjunction and very close to a conjunction to Saturn. Yeah. Everything else is sort of, well, I guess Mars and Uranus, they might stir the pot a bit. Mars is at 15 degrees of Gemini at that point. Uh, Uranus at 15 Taurus, neighboring signs often create a need for us to cooperate in some mm. way. So, so the Mars in Gemini part of us needing to cooperate with the liberation potential, the mm. get out of your comfort zone potential of Uranus and Taurus, mm. which is probably uh, of all the, the semi-sextiles, that's what that would be, a semi-sextile, uh, that might be a good one, right? Because 
you know, Gemini does like change. It will change. It's adaptable. It's flexible. Uh, and Uranus is, you know, kind of digging up all the places in Taurus that are where we've been stuck. Right. <laughs> Unleashing its hour, its uh, power to uh, change in our lives. So, but but other than that, the new moon, and I didn't look it up, but I guess I could look it up in our astrological mandala, my oh. well-worn copy of my uh, Rujar book. So we have 122. So I need to look up two Pisces. And I suspect it's going to be a very good message for us. Bring it. Let's do it. Find it first. Okay, there's 14. Let's go back to two, 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 two. Here we go. I already had a marker there. Uh, a squirrel hiding from hunters. And it represents the need, the individual's need both to ensure his future subsistence and to protect himself from aggressive social elements. Hmm. 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 And the key word here turns out to be self-protection and caution. Okay. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. <clears throat> well, we'll just put a pin in that one and talk That's about right. that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Let's just leave that for now. I mean, self <laughs> self protection doesn't have to be like you're in fear. Self protection no. could be like you know, I just need to keep the integrity of who I am in the face of you know what's happening around me or in the world. Yep. yep. <laughs> I have just one more thing. Okay. Uh, one or two more things, but then I want to hear you talk about the nodes changing. Ah, yes. Okay, so the next thing I just want to mention briefly for those um, who are watching the planetary ingresses, Venus centers Aries. With the new moon, pretty much, yeah, or just after. Pre pretty much with the new moon, that's what I have. And I think that's going to be an interesting few weeks with that, that you know, urge to lead and for that bold, dynamic leadership to step up another opportunity to really step up and i feel like that has been a constant message after, over the last little while is this aries energy about stepping into our leadership and being bolder yeah boldly going and you know venus then puts herself in mars territory mm -hmm, so now right. we're having to incorporate all the if you're a woman you're incorporating the masculine energy if you're yep. a man you're incorporating the feminine energy and mm -hmm. blending the best of both it takes both right? right those big energies need to come together in order to birth anything yep so i think that's good to tell you the difference uh, the new moon is at 11.06 p.m. in my time zone, and oh. Venus moves into Aries at 11.56 p.m. Oh, okay. So literally just after the new yep. moon, which is good because that means she's carrying on into the new sign, new energy. Mm. Double new energy, right? Because right, Aries right. energy too. Yep. Yeah, I like that. So, okay, yeah. And let's see, as I look through the rest of the month there... Uh, you know, definitely every day there are some, or most days there are some kinds of transits going yes. on. It's not yes. like there's nothing going on, but the, you know, what we've just gone through are like the hallmarks of February, which to me means that then February has an energy of being in between, right? Mm. The like a sandwich, the Oreo, the cream center of the Oreo cookie, right? Where uh, it's, it's not been the exact, uh, run like the racehorse energy, but it has been dripping, you know, moving us ever, you know, closer to more high energy and March of course will be all out, all out mm -hmm. changes and what have you. So I think of February as the last things we need to do, like the checklist when you're packing to go on a vacation. Did I get my cords? Yes. Did I have my bathing suit? Yes. Do I have my towel? Yes. You know, medicines? Yes. Everything, you know, the, the final checklist before you actually all move on out. Now, if we start to look at the month through the lens of human design, a completely different look, although it's based on the same things, we can get a, a kind of feeling of what's going on under the surface. Mm. And the very first week of February in human design is about, is about the narrative. What is the narrative going to be? What's the story, in other words, that you're going to tell this year? Are you going to tell a story that is of potential and possibilities and creativity? Or are you going to say, well, I don't see anything going on, so nothing's happening for me this year. Same old, same old. 
because what the story is that you are telling is what you end up creating. And that's very clear in human design. So what's the story that you're telling? Now, that same week, the first week, it's on February 6th, which is considered still the first week of the human design, uh, human design week, because it begins on the 2nd of February and ends the 7th. So we're going into this, this week. Uh, but on the 6th, the nodes shift. Mm -hmm. They nodes are responsible for the energy of our life path trajectory, if you will. And now I'm talking about the collective trajectory, not the individual, because you have your own nodes in your, you know, own places in your charts. And the node will be shifting the north node to the gate 27, which becomes a gate. It's called the gate of nurturing. It's a very feminine energy gate of taking care of and cooking and cleaning and, you know, domestic sort of bliss. But it starts, it doesn't start with me taking care of you. It starts with me taking care of me, mm. which is the part that we have often missed, right? Um, it, it, you know, there, we, we sometimes get caught up in thinking that taking care of ourselves is selfish or self-centered mm. that kind of thing but if you don't take care of yourself first how do you possibly have the energy to take care of anybody else i love this it is so interesting that you brought that up i spoke about that on my instagram live this morning that's exactly the topic it's something that i personally battle with i really struggle with self-care i used to struggle with self-love but now i struggle with self-care i got the love down <laughs> but <laughs> The self-nurturing is really, you know, not something yeah. I'm accustomed to. And it's some, I feel like I'm a baby just taking steps with learning how to self-care. Interesting. And, and sometimes that's exactly what's called for because, uh, you know, all of us, no matter what it is that we're doing in the world, we're often in a position of giving to others of our time, our yes. resources, our energy, whether that's because you're a mother and you're giving to your family. And this is often mothering energy. Um, or, you know, you can, you know, be giving, you know, to the people that you work with or to the company that you work for and on and on. Um, but that has an issue. It's not sustainable, right. right? There's not sustainability when you're consistently giving and not allowing yourself to receive. Right. And now we're getting a stronger message about receiving in terms of taking care of our own self, being responsible mm. for self-care. Mm. In, so, um, in quantum human design, the gate is called accountability. So becoming accountable for your own nurturing. nurturing. So I have a question. This node will be in this position for how long? About three and a half months. Okay. Yeah. So the, the nodes work a little differently in human design in that, you know, it's not, it's still going to be in Scorpio and, and well, the North node is in Taurus. So it's still astrologically across that axis, mm -hmm. but it, it's like, you know, we, we can see a little bit, the, the picture, we have an extra dial uh, that kind of focuses in, you know, the specifics around what part we're learning in this um, Taurus uh, Scorpio nodal uh, axis. And the South node is important here as well, because the South node is holding the experiences that we've had it's it's like the part that needs to be emptied out uh what we need to release and it's interesting because it's at gate 28 which is one of the red flag gates in human design it's on the spleen center so it often is holding on to fear and the fear is that life has no meaning that everything is meaningless oh. uh in the um gene keys, we end up with the need to become total, like being in totality with something, being all in. Um, often the 28, we, we sometimes call it the player's gate in terms of relationship, because it is someone that is looking for meaning outside of themselves and plays the field with different people, seeing if they can, you know, get what they're looking for from uh, different sorts of people. Mm. And suddenly, you know, realizing that that's a meaningless endeavor. Mm. And then they trip over into purposelessness, right? Life mm -hmm. has no purpose, no meaning. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we call it the adventurer's gate, where we'll do anything daredevilishly like in to feel alive, to feel like there is some kind of meaning. 
So we're having to let go of this fear that there's no meaning to life or that there's no meaning for what we're here to do. And at the same time, nurturing ourselves, you know, really holding ourselves in the cocoon of love and nurturing in order to see what our importance is in the grand scheme of the world. Mm -hmm. So it should be an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's going to be uh, February, March and April, roughly. Uh, I think it doesn't shift again until May. Oh, until May. Okay. Yeah, the nodes will shift. Nope, it's not even May. It is June 22nd. So right Thank with you. the solstice, just about, we'll shift into uh, ooh, inventive energy. That ought to be fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so at any rate, it, you know, be watchful for giving up on yourself uh, because that is what we're releasing. We're releasing that. That means we're moving away from that old paradigm and we're moving more fully to, you know, let's talk about accountability for a moment. Yes. Because not only are you accountable to your own welfare and your own nurturing, but you also have to release any places where you're trying to be that for everybody else, mm. right? You have to be, you know, it's mothering energy. It's part of what we call the feminine tribal energy in human design. And the feminine tribal energy is about teaching our children the values, the, the rules of the road and educating them. So another part of this is about educating people, empowering people to be their own nurturers. Mm. Self-empowerment. Cool. Self-empowerment, right? Self-nourishing, self-nurturing. And you can't be, you can't teach that to people if you're completely taking over this idea of let me take care of you. In other words, let me smother you. Yes. It can yes. become smothering, mothering energy. Right. So we want to be able to release that. You know, it's like, okay, I'm the mom, I make dinner. But why can't you as the child set the table or help make the salad or pour right. the drinks for people? I mean, getting everybody involved so that everybody has a part in the nurturing. I love it. I think this is so powerful. I wish I could get this message out to more people. <laughs> I'll send you the link to this video and they can listen. Awesome. Now, as we go through the month of February on 8th through 12th, so that's the second full week of the month. Um, the sun will move into the gate 49, which is the gate of revolution. So it sets us up a bit for looking at what's possible, right? Maybe we've had too dim of a view, too narrow of a view of who we are and what we could do. So we want to change it over. The idea then is to change it over willingly and peace, like consciously, uh, without just throwing over, what do we call that? Throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Bathwater, yeah. No, 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 don't be doing that. But if you engage with revolutionary energy, which is really just change and transformation consciously, then you're coming from a place of what more is possible mm. instead of what is or what can't be mm -hmm. or what I don't want kind of thing. Right. The following week is, oh, this will be one of my favorite weeks of the year for everybody because it's a week of passion and saying yes to life. Now, of course, that means we have to be careful what we say yes to. We don't want to go out and say yes to everything and everybody. Um, but we want to be able to say yes to the things that are correct for us, that are in alignment with what we're passionate about, what we love. Give us the dates. That will be 13th through 18th of February. 13th through 18th. I'm circling mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's a good week. That same week, Jupiter moves into... Uh, a new gate. And this one is going to be a difficulty one. This, I can just see this one for some people being one that's going to bring up trigger points. And that's because he's moving into the gate of control. Uh-oh. Yeah. The gate of control where for some people they can become more controlling or you'll come face to face with that, those control issues or the controllers in your life. The idea in the 21 is to be uh, self-reliant, mm. right? To be able to, you know, to hold your own, to self-align in, um, in a way, I always think of it as the ability that we all have to self-correct, right? We don't have to control the situations around us. We can allow ourselves to move 
in tandem with those things that are changing, right? We can move with the energy instead of against the energy. Mm. So for those people who have the 21 already defined in their chart, and it's on the little heart center, it's the will center, we call it the ego center. So it can be an ego bruising that we end up getting as well uh, by Jupiter moving through that particular gate. So what will be magnified for all of us are places where we've been in control and we've been afraid to let go or we watch around us and see what we're being controlled by mm. outside of us. Mm. So it could be a little difficult, I think, for some people. Uh, then the 19th through the 24th, we get to, uh, an, I think February just holds the gates that I really love because I love this week, the gate 55 which is the first real gate that's in Pisces. And it's called the gate of spirit or abundance, we often call it. And the 55 in the gene keys has one word for the shadow and the same word for both the gift and the city. The, the shadow word is victimization and the gift and city are freedom. And that's my key word for this year. So I really feel that this gate begins this watershed moment of our ability to let go of those things that have held us chained, the fears, the victim patterns, because we can easily move into that freedom energy. And it is connected with the earth at 59, which is a very masculine energy. It's the masculine energy of uh, protection, of um reproduction and setting up the tribe, if you will, for success. Mm. And that success is by making sure that what the feminine energy needs to raise the children is taken care of, right? Mm. So there's a very, you know, and in a way what we do then is we start to look at everything that doesn't support our next steps and we let it go or we fix it or we make it more sustainable. So it is a really good week to stay aligned with abundance. Ooh, yay right? To, you know, what isn't sustainable is lack, right? Lack is not sustainable. So in this week, anything that's of a lacking nature in our, in our relationships, in our life, in our finances, our health, our, you name the, the area is about to need a, a tune up. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give everybody another word for that week, faith. Mm. And typically we think of faith as sort of a religious word, but I think of it more as a spiritual word that we have faith in both ourselves and in the goodness of the planet, the, that, yeah, there are some things that aren't so good and things that aren't so happy, but that by and large, people are good. The nature of the planet is good is, uh, I have faith that I can attract to me everything I need to be who I want to be, to do what I want to do. Faith in oneself, faith in spirit or God, if you will, or source, and faith in the goodness of that, that the universe really does want you to be able to succeed and have mm -hmm. what you want. Then we get to the 25th through March 1st, and the sun then moves into the gate 37, which is called the gate of peace. Oh, right. The gate of peace. We'll take some. Yeah. And the earth will be at the gate 40, which is called the gate of restoration. Mm. So what we have is a leaning in in, in the, the channel, it, this is one of the gates, uh, one of the weeks in the year that complete a full channel in the human design. So the 3740 is called the channel of family or the channel of uh, community. So it's leaning into those people who support us and building that foundation, finding peace and connection with one another. So in the outer world, that is often a time where there's some need for diplomacy uh, I keep thinking maybe, you know, it'll be the one year anniversary just at the end of the week previous to the Ukraine Russian um, war that's going on. So is there maybe some need or possibility for establishing diplomatic relationships again? It's possible. Sure. Right. It's all possible during that week. So. What a month. What I, think it a is, month. It's a, I think it's a good month. It is a good month. It is a good month. I agree with you. Um, yes. Boy, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, for the shortest month in the year. <laughs> there was wow, a lot, we covered a lot to cover. Ground. 
I took a ton of notes. It's exciting. Um, and as exciting as February looks and as good as it, I mean, and March, we're going to have so much more to talk about. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah. Get your running shoes on for the show that we'll have uh, actually on March 1st, right? Because February and March always mirror one another. So March 1st, you and I will be together yeah. again. And that will be, that is a Wednesday. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wait. Am I, yes. Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. Today's Wednesday. <laughs> right. Jumped a timeline there, didn't you, Janet? <laughs> yeah, because on the calendar I'm looking at, the month that's under uh, February is August. So somehow my eye got drawn to August. Oh. And I went, wait, that's <laughs> Tuesday. Nope. So we will be together on March 1st. Uh, thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, other people did check in with us. Leilani uh, says her birthday is on the 16th of Mar uh, February. Excuse me. So she hopes it's a good reveal. I think having the sun conjunct Saturn on your birthday is a good year to get things done. Wow. Um, treat yourself. Oh, thank JLo. Hello to you. And I think I got everybody's comments. So awesome. Nice. Thank you so much, Tam. I love being together with you the, this you time uh, once a month. And everybody else, take care. We'll see you next month. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.